Happy Monday, everybody. My name is Brandon Rosa, and welcome to episode 144 of the Xbox in 10 podcast, your weekly source of Xbox gaming news covered in around 10 minutes. Every Monday, this podcast covers new game releases, the previous week's gaming news, and we all are in an Xbox-related fun fact together. This show is on YouTube and podcast services around the world, so please subscribe on your favorite and leave a review. Xboxin10.com, No Numbers is your quick source for links to all of our podcast destinations and social media profiles which you can follow at Xboxin10. To start, let's talk game releases. The big games out last week were Destiny 2 The Witch Queen and Elden Ring. The games coming out this week include Conan Chop Chop, Little Orpheus, Pathfinder Wrath of the Righteous, Far Changing Tides, Shadow Warrior 3, Alex 2, 35mm, A Musical Story, Ghost Runner Project Hell, Legend of Ixtona, Gunborg Dark Matters, What Lies in the Multiverse, and Ryan's Rescue Squad. New games with gold for March 2022 have been announced. From Xbox One, you can play The Flame in the Flood from March 1st to the 31st, and claim Street Power Soccer, available from March 16th to April 15th. From the Xbox 360, you can claim Sacred 2 Fallen Angel from March 1st to the 15th, and SpongeBob's Truth or Square, available from March 16th to the 31st. Now on to last week's biggest news stories, and we have seven to cover this week. Number one, Elden Ring is currently one of the best-reviewed games in modern history. Logan Plant at IGN writes, Elden Ring has been one of the gaming community's most anticipated game for years, and its review scores appear to be living up to the hype. Right now, Elden Ring is one of the highest-scoring games on Metacritic and OpenCritic. The two websites compile scores from various outlets, giving an average score that's usually a pretty good indicator of the general critical consensus on a game. Over at Metacritic, the PS5 version of Elden Ring has a score of 97, tied with the likes of Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Grand Theft Auto V, Metroid Prime, and more. Only four games have ever scored a 98, and The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time stands alone at 99. And on OpenCritic, Elden Ring is currently tied with Super Mario Odyssey for the highest rating on the website at a 97. There are a couple important things to note with Elden Ring's score. First, the scores are incredibly fresh since Elden Ring's review embargo only lifted hours ago, and some reviews that are already out aren't scored yet due to the game's length. New review scores can keep coming in over time, causing Elden Ring's average score to change, also, both Metacritic and OpenCritic don't encompass many reviewers for older games. Metacritic specifically only has a handful of pre-2000 games in its rankings, with all-time greats from consoles like the SNES not being included at all. Still, it's an impressive achievement for From Software. I know how many millions have been excited for Elden Ring for years to come, so I wanted to include this as this is not a usual story on our show. Now, there are a lot of controversies surrounding a lot of these reviews, so keep that in mind when you're reviewing them and deciding if you're going to purchase the game or not. I'm sure a lot of you have already pre-ordered it and sold yourself on the game, but many of the people who have reviewed the game didn't even finish it. And now, obviously, it's a point of contention. If you spend 60-plus hours with the game but don't finish it, do you have a right to review it? I'll leave that one up to you, but I wanted to include this as this seems to be a great game from, from software, and at least we get to enjoy it on Xbox as we didn't get to enjoy Bloodborne. Number two. Report next year's Call of Duty game has been delayed. Lauren Garrett at Therat.com writes, Activision Blizzard has reportedly delayed the upcoming Call of Duty game that was planned for 2023, which is being developed by Treyarch. According to a report from Jason Schreier of Bloomberg, the disappointing performance of the 2021 episode, the World War II-themed Call of Duty Vanguard, has apparently led Activision execs to reconsider Call of Duty's annual franchise status. Quote, the company is pushing off the release after a recent entry in the series failed to meet expectations, leading some executives to believe that they're introducing new versions too rapidly, said the people, who asked not to be identified because they weren't authorized to discuss the deliberations, end quote, wrote Schreier. Quote, the decision was not related to Activision's agreement to sell itself to Microsoft Corp. For $69 billion, the people said, end quote. Call of Duty skipping 2023 will be a first for the franchise that saw a new major entry being released every year since 2005. 
In an emailed statement to Bloomberg, an Activision spokesperson explained that new Call of Duty content is still in the pipeline for 2022 and the following years. Quote, We have an exciting slate of premium and free-to-play Call of Duty experiences for this year, next year, and beyond. We'll look forward to sharing more details when the time is right, end quote, the spokesperson said. When you break it down, this easily could be the biggest news story of any week or this year as well. Call of Duty has hit every year since 2005. I was in fourth grade the last time that game did not release. Call of Duty every year is also the best-selling game, so that not being released next year is going to be so interesting to see how it does on the charts, how older games do. I do think this is going to make Modern Warfare 2 that's coming out this year even bigger than it already was. Now, Colin Moriarty, credit to him from Sacred Symbols, on his latest episode did reveal that his sources are telling him that we're also going to be getting Warzone 2 this year, in addition to Modern Warfare 2, and that next year there is a mode and a new Call of Duty entry, codenamed Extraction, that will be similar to Escape from Tarkov. That game could also be huge depending on how that is or if it comes out at all. Number 3. Fallout New Vegas sequel in very early talks at Microsoft. Sean Carey at True Achievements writes, With Obsidian and the Fallout IP tucked under Microsoft's belt, many have wondered if we'll get a follow-up to Fallout New Vegas. As it turns out, Microsoft is reportedly in very talks surrounding a sequel. According to journalist Jeff Grubb, who was speaking on a new episode of Grub Snacks, Microsoft has been having some early discussions about a Fallout New Vegas sequel. Quote, This is very early, but people have begun to have talks and say that these words and sentences, and the words are Obsidian and New Vegas too. End quote, Grubb said. Quote, We're talking years and years away. There's at least an interest and conversations happening about making something like that actually a reality. End quote. Grubb later noted that a lot of people at Microsoft, quote, think that this could work and that there's a lot of interest to make it happen. End quote. Of course, it's worth taking this information with a pinch of salt, but an Obsidian-led Fallout game does make sense considering Microsoft owns Obsidian, Bethesda, and the Fallout IP. Now while this does have me excited, I'm personally more of a fan of Fallout 3, although it seems like as the years have gone on, people liked New Vegas more. Happy for those fans if this turns out to be true, we'll take this with a grain of salt, as will we take with a grain of salt the other rumor that was circulating this week that they might be remastering all the old Fallout games. Please, please, please! Remake Fallout 3, and if you're not going to do that, give me it shiny, running better on my new console. Number 4, Capcom announces Street Fighter 6. Sam Beeford at The Verge writes, Capcom has announced Street Fighter 6, the next major entry in the iconic fighting game franchise, which is celebrating its 35th anniversary this year. A brief teaser trailer was released following the season finale of the Capcom Pro Tour, where Kawanu defeated veteran Daigo Umahara. The trailer doesn't show any actual gameplay, but it suggests that Street Fighter VI will have a more realistic art style than previous games in the series, at least as realistic as you could expect while maintaining Ryu's formidable proportions. Capcom says more information on the game will be coming this summer. Capcom will be hoping that Street Fighter VI has a better launch than its predecessor. Street Fighter V looked and played great when it came out for PS4 and PC in 2016, but it suffered from a dearth of content as well as bugs and server issues. The game ultimately sold more than 6 million copies after subsequent revisions, Arcade Edition and Championship Edition were met with a better reception. This one is a new story on this show this week, but we don't have consoles this week. That's why it's important to note that last part of the story when it came out on PS4 and PC, since Street Fighter V never made it to Xbox consoles. If Sony manages to lock this down again, it will be a huge blow for the fighting community on Xbox, which is virtually dead. Number 5, Knockout City going free to play, dropping EA as publisher. Sean Carey at True Achievements writes, Valon Studios has announced that Knockout City is going free to play later this year. The developer also revealed its plans to replace EA as the game's publisher. In a post over on EA's website, the developer spoke more on Knockout City's first year and said what's in store for the game's future, which includes dropping its 1999 price tag. Quote, Knockout City is going free to play beginning this spring with season 6, end quote, reads the post. Quote, we're really excited to bring our game to millions of new players around the world by removing the price tag entirely. 
Those who have purchased Knockout City before the start of Season 6 will receive a free Season 6 loyalty bundle, which includes exclusive legendary cosmetics, XP boost, and 2000 holobucks as a thank you for the developers for supporting the game. Valen Studios also went on to announce that it will replace EA as the game's publisher. Quote, the other big change happening over the first two seasons of Year 2 is that we, Valen Studios, are going to be self-publishing Knockout City. End quote. This is cool to see. This game was a big hit when it first came out, but it seemed to have dropped off a bit. I think the free-to-play boost will give it a lot of new players to check it out, including myself who have wanted to check it out with my friends, but it's hard to convince everyone to sell a game, even though it's only 20 bucks, if we might not like it. Number 6. Twitch streaming returns to the Xbox dashboard in latest update. Matt Wells at Eurogamer writes, Xbox One and Xbox Series X and S owners can now access Twitch streaming directly from their dashboard, an integration feature that returns after its removal from Xbox One in 2017. In a new blog post announcing the return of Twitch integration to Xbox after a 5-year absence, Microsoft calls the feature, which is accessible directly via the Xbox Guide, with the Twitch app no longer required, quote, re-engineered and better than ever, end quote. Those eager to get set up will first need to navigate to the Capture and Share tab on their console's guide and select the Live Streaming option. That'll initiate the Twitch account linking process, and once that's complete, a new Go Live Now button will appear, giving users the option to instantly start streaming games downloaded to their console. Before hitting that button, however, users have the option to first name their stream and set up their audio and webcam, with the ability to manage game and mic audio levels, including party chat, as well as resolution and bitrate, all available from the dashboard. Quote, want to swap games midstream? End quote, Microsoft adds. Quote, no worries, a pause screen will be displayed when you are not in game and your console will automatically update the game you're playing on Twitch. End quote. This is really cool to see. This is such a big evolution from the Xbox One original days where you could Twitch stream, but that was a little convoluted, a little messy, but still cool that you can do it. This seems like what they wanted to do all those years ago on our new consoles. And number 7, Fall Guys team finalizing development for Xbox version. Heidi Nicholas at Drew Achievements writes, While announcing the arrival of cross-platform lobbies, the Fall Guys team has also reassured players that the game is still coming to Xbox. Over on the Fall Guys site, the devs celebrate the arrival of crossplay for players on PC and PlayStation with Fall Guys Season 6 mid-season update, as well as announcing the introduction of a new mode called Sweet Thieves. Then the devs touch on the topic of Fall Guys for Xbox, saying, Quote, we know that news regarding Fall Guys on Nintendo Switch and Xbox is highly anticipated. We're finalizing development, and though it isn't within the update, it's still coming. Until then, we're super excited to enable this cross-platform functionality for existing platforms as a first step, end quote. I had to put this in there. I love Fall Guys that I've played on PC and PS4. I want this so bad on Xbox so I can get more of my family into the game. My partner personally really enjoyed playing this game even though she's not a gamer, so I'm excited to get this going. I want it on Xbox, give it to me on Game Pass so me and all of my friends can play this game, please. I'm sure since we're hearing about it now, hopefully it's this year. Now as always, we end our show with a fun fact about Xbox, and given the prolific nature of Elden Ring this week, I wanted to talk about all the games from From Software that have released on Xbox, because people view it as largely a Sony studio since Bloodborne came out exclusively there, but... From Software has been making Xbox games for a long time, including Enchanted Arms in 2006, Chrome Hounds in 2006, Armored Core in 2007, Armored Core 4 Answer in 2008, Shadow Assault Tenchu in 2008, Ninja Blade in 2009, Dark Souls in 2011, Armored Core 5 in 2012, Steel Battalion Heavy Armor in 2012, Armored Core Verdict Day in 2013, Dark Souls 2 in 2014, Dark Souls 2 Scholar of the First Sin 2015, Dark Souls 3 2016, Dark Souls Remastered 2018, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice 2019, Metal Wolf Chaos XD 2019, and of course Elden Ring in 2022. So much from software, so much goodness that I will never probably play. 
Thank you all for listening to the Xbox in 10 podcast, your weekly source of Xbox gaming news covered in around 10 minutes. If you like the show, please subscribe to your favorite podcast service, share it with your friends, leave a review, and follow on all social media at Xbox in 10. This past week, I have been playing nothing but Destiny 2, The Witch Queen, grinding to get raid ready, which I finally think I am. Just got off playing and I'm up to 1533 in power level. Me and my buddies completed the legendary campaign and I'm having such a good time and actually sort of enjoying the story. My name is Brandon Rosie. You can follow me on Xbox at Brosa93. Hope you all have a great week. Stay safe and keep on gaming.